Hey, what's going on, people? It is April 23rd, and we are in a month and a week into this quarantine, and I don't see an end in the near future. So buckle up, get a beer, find a new hobby, and keep on exercising. I know it seems like it'll never end, but it will. So keep on listening to this podcast. Keep on talking to people over the phone, Skyping, Zooming, whatever you do. But for now, here's Dave. Dave, what's up? Good afternoon, Lewis. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing? What kind of beer you got? I love this question. (laughs) (laughs) There's this little company called Trans Canada Brewing Company. I think they're Winnipeg-based. Um, yeah, they're Winnipeg-based, and I'm drinking a Pilsner. I picked up four different beers that they make yesterday, or a couple days ago. I'd recommend it to any Canadian listener that can get their hands on them, or any I'm listener in. for that matter. But um, I'm yeah. going with the old Budweiser. I'm not going to lie. If you didn't mention you were drinking a beer, I was probably not going to get one, but I'm, there's nothing better than cracking open an ice-cold Budweiser. No, I feel you, man. a podcast. I almost feel like doing this outside. It's so beautiful right now. It's like 10 or 11 degrees Celsius. So, oh, damn. Yeah, for I mean, for what we've been getting lately, it's been pretty ridiculous. I think it's like 52 Fahrenheit, 51 Fahrenheit. Damn, so, so what, have you, what have you been up to recently? Oh, man, nothing. Uh, last few days, I've literally been doing nothing. Um, I've been just sleeping a lot, napping a lot. Sort of reached out. Uh, threshold for creativity, so I kind of just taking a taking a a break, you know. Yeah, this week's been um, weird, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a mix of like I want to go hang out with my friends and whatnot, but then I also don't have friends and like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been mostly mostly just playing guitar and feeling inspired to do a few other things, but just taking it one step at a time. Yeah, this week's been uh, the beginning. I guess what's it Wednesday today? I don't know, this week has been a bit demotivating. You know, I don't know what, again, you go through phases, but I just, the days are going fast, but I'm just kind of like, I'm receiving my unemployment check. I'm going to receive a stimulus check. I just feel like, I feel kind of anxious to get going, you know, back into civilization again. But what are you going to do? You can't force it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I had a nice little, I think, five days ago my online banking and <laughs> I got this thing for Canadians it's called the CERB uh, it's supposed to pay out 500 a week but they I guess they just did a four week sum right away oh, so I got shit. two I got not only that I got 2000 in, 2000 deposited into my account and then I got an EI payment of 500 so it's 2500 there my my uh, check from work for all my vacation pay that's been accumulated and a gst check came through but this gst check is like a a quarter gst check not a typical like or no so i think it's the gst for like the year or something because it was three or four times higher than it normally would be so i basically just had like 33 3400 dollars just hit my bank account like a day and i was like what's going on here that's amazing now is that because of the virus is that because of the pandemic or is that normal thing (laughs) Um, so GST checks, depending on, depends on your age and your, your, the taxes you've paid, um, depends on a lot of things, but usually my GST checks are like a hundred some odd dollars. This one was 330, I think. 
I don't know what the rationale is on that. I think maybe they're just trying to pay out. They're just trying to pay out like government allotted funds or whatever they would be, um, in 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 anticipation for the year because they realize that. Yeah, maybe the pandemic is affecting the economy a different way. I don't know why the GST check was higher than usual. Uh, we usually get those quarterly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the CERB that that is an emergency response benefit, or emergency something benefit for all working Canadians. So um, most employment insurance claims turned into CERB instead of EI. So you're basically given 500 a week. But like I said, it was just paid out. I think in four weeks, all at, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. Honestly, registering for all that crap online is just so confusing. Too like I wasn't even sure if I did it right. You know, they. I almost feel like they purposely sandbox the programmers that make these web forms to to do all this stuff just to just to infuriate the user. Because yeah, I wasn't even sure if I did my claim right. So, Gosh. but it looks like it all went through fine. Hey, at least you're rich now, man. So that's fucking great. Yeah, man. My expenses are at an all-time low. We're we'll ta- we'll talking about getting paid. What I want to talk to you about today is bucket lists and going to travel. So let me ask you, when you first went to Europe, or last Europe trip, did you have a bucket list in your head or written down or anything at all you wanted to do? Mm, um, Actually, it was almost exactly a year ago that I left. I left on the 25th of April. So... In the inception phase, when I was making this trip, I, yeah, I didn't really have like a, a bucket list, so to speak, but I had a places I wanted to go list. So, I mean, I guess that's a bucket list too. Um, excluding all like the war monuments and war memorials and battlefields and things like that, my bucket list pretty much consisted of thrills. So there's an awesome, there's an awesome gun range in Warsaw that I got to check out. That was really incredible. It's called PL Shooter or PM Shooter, I think. Um, highly recommend it. No bullshit pricing. They let you just fire the craziest guns that you wouldn't be able to shoot anywhere else except maybe like Las Vegas, you know, or some like some whack ranch on te- in Texas or something like that. But they, the nice thing about that, the nice thing about PM shooters, they just have like a wide range of of nutty firearms, and I'm talking like everything from from beautiful handguns to like World War Two, World War One rifles, and light machine guns, heavy machine guns. Uh, that was that was a thrill. Really affordable too. I dropped a lot of money on that. Um, other things on my bucket list: I wanted to go skiing or snowboarding in Switzerland, Austria, or southern Germany. Um, I wanted to. There's tons of tons of amazing like peaks you can drop off on. You can take like cable cars up to, which are pretty cool. Uh, I wanted to go drive. I wanted to go drive on the Nurburgring, which is a famous famous racetrack in germany every racing game would have it i'm sure people would be familiar that way um i wanted to rent a car on the nurburgring there's a few companies that do it but there's one specific one called rent for ring and you can rent a whole bunch of different cars i wasn't gonna do anything glorious i was just gonna i was just gonna take out like a rice rocket because i don't I don't know. <laughs> you talk about you talk about insurance and totaling a car. Like I would rather write off a cheaper car than a more expensive car. Yeah, I do. And plus, I mean, it would be it would be getting a hang of the track. Like I actually played, I played that track on a video game repeatedly, so I could familiarize myself no. with the turns. Well, a lot of the a lot of the turns, are, like a, a lot of the track is actually just. Well, actually, almost all of the track is entirely 
replicated in video games. So, I mean, <laughs> actually, it is a good primer, actually, for anyone wanting to do it. Mind you, you don't get to race the entire Nürburgring, but you get a little bit. Um, I also wanted to rent a Ferrari, an F458 yeah. in Italy. In Italy. Uh, an F458 just happens to be one of my favorite Ferraris, too, so I was glad to see it was, like, one of their flagship rentals, but it costs, like... It was like six hundred dollars for half an hour. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was nuts. I wanted to go. I wanted to learn how to surf in the Mediterranean off the southern French coast or off the French coast of the Mediterranean. Um, I thought that would be pretty cool. I was open to paragliding and whatnot. Uh, my trip just ran really expensive and and limited for time, so I actually didn't get to do a lot of that stuff. But that is something I'll probably do in the future. Like if I ever go back. Uh, I'll probably do that. God damn. Yeah, dude, I remember sitting in the sauna before my Europe trip and texting Jones. And we were actually, I was on the website, the rental website in Germany, eyeing up a one of the Ferraris, dude, one of those badass Ferraris. Don't know the exact model, but it was like <laughs> $1,800 for half a day. So we were going to rent it. And just zip around the highways as fast as humanly possible. And we were all in. You like, if we split it, dude, it'll be nothing. It'll be like a thousand bucks each. And like, after we started traveling, we we were just laughing at ourselves. Like, you have an idea of what your expenses are going to be going in. And like, you, you're so idealistic. But when you start, you're like, oh, maybe I should reevaluate what I actually want to do and what I can do. You know, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a cost function. So yes, I could technically afford it, but I would just be, I'd be coming back with just a, with with too much debt in that case. So like I was already I was already racking my credit card. It was like, oh, I'm only digging myself deeper in the hole for like so many thrills, you know. So the surfing and paragliding in southern France would have been manageable, though. I should have I should have done that, but I was getting too too restless with that trip. Um, but yeah, um, bucket lists are cool. I wouldn't. Uh, wouldn't hang on to them too hard, but you have to be ready for the expense. Those are the types of things that you have to like look ahead, find out the places that do it, how much they do it, when they do it, like how you're gonna get there. And I mean, I feel like with southern France, it's an amazing place to stay. Like there's a lot of cities and towns along the coast that are beautiful, just like in Italy or Greece. So, you know, lodging wouldn't be necessarily the hardest thing to figure out. No. Sucks more when you're when you're when you're in your when you're inland, like. Say in a city like Berlin or something, you're like, how do I be at the coolest place in Berlin? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas if you if you're on a coast, I mean, like, how bad could it be? You wake up, like, you're probably no more than a couple of kilometers away from the from the rocks, so, now, from the beach. How did you balance <clears throat> like not splurge, splurging and then not spending anything at all? Like, how did you find the <laughs> middle ground? Because it can be difficult. <laughs> I didn't really let that haunt me. I, I let that haunt me for the first, like, 15 days, I think. And then I just forgot about it. Because I, I was renting cars a lot, too. And the gas to put in that vehicle and getting across the countries at times was just ridiculous. And basically blew my budget out of the water. So as soon as I realized my budget was getting pushed around pretty hard, I just stopped kind of caring. And I was just, I just tried to be careful. So later in the trip, I was doing more grocery shopping and eating in the hostels versus uh, going out and eating out of restaurants. That's yeah. that was my bit. That, that's a big one. That's a big one. It's a tough one because you need 
not once did I cook in a hostel. I should have taken advantage of that, especially that hostel in Prague. Oh, that, that was amazing, dude. That, that setup was kitchen. Set, yeah, that setup was perfect because the kitchen was big, too. It was, it was very large, and we could have, I mean, not we necessarily, but I could have definitely taken advantage of it. So I think how you eat is a big way you can slash expenses um, in anticipation of splurging so if you're gonna splurge and you gotta squeeze other expenses it really depends on your financial situation you know it depends how much you care about money when you get back it depends how much you're like willing your work you're willing to put in like for me the amount of debt i racked up i knew if i worked full-time I, it would only take me a couple months to pay off that debt so it wasn't too big of a deal to me but yeah some people you know. i know some people that have thir- i knew a, i met a girl she racked up thirteen thousand dollars in credit card debt you know like on top of student loans so like <laughs> Oh, like brutal. Don't go down that road, you know. But no, like what you're saying, as far as going to restaurants and uh, fine, like picking and choosing the the right the, I'm gonna call it the right expenses. Like what we did when I was in Verona with a friend and I, two other friends, we rented a beautiful. I'm not gonna call it villa, but like uh the the top lay the top uh top floor apartment through Airbnb with a balcony stretching probably 20 meters overlooking the central canal of verona italy so it cost us maybe per person 35 bucks 35 euros a night and we decided because we want to expect uh make the most of our trip we just said okay let's enjoy one meal at a night and then we'll buy our own wine and drink in the apartment go walk around the city we won't buy anything unless we absolutely need to and what it did was it allowed because our meals were absolutely delicious but they only cost 12 euros dude we, mm. we wouldn't get a glass of wine because, frankly, I, we didn't need it, you know. So that the way we did it, I think we spent in five days in Italy, 190 bucks, 190 euros each, you know. So it's, it's very doable. And then we were able to take a bus to Milan and then Lake, um, oh, Jesus, Lake Garda. Yeah, Lake Garda. So if you pick and choose, you got to sacrifice things here and there, you know. Yeah, totally. I think people should adapt to this is what I'll do for the next time people should adapt to very humble living for the most part and then every every few days or every cycle every every cycle of like a few days three days four days five days maybe a week give yourself a little treat you know like and when i say a little treat i mean like an example like that you know i have a beautiful dinner atop some villa um that costs a little more than average you know what i mean buy the nice bottle of wine but for four or five days just try to be a normal human being and just compress your expenses as much as you can and then you're not going to be splurging because it's easy just to like splurge every day oh yeah and then one one you'll lose the you lose the effect out of it you sort of lose the uh you know you're sort of doing it every day you're like wow okay this is just constant days of awesome and then it's a diminishing set of returns and you're just spending too much money so i think the biggest thing is just calm down for a few days at least you yeah know? and a lot of people a lot of people i ran into while i was traveling were like that they were living very simply like those two girls from bc or the one girl from bc with her friend from i forget where else they uh they literally cooked food every sing- for every almost every single meal i'd say hundreds thousands a year frankly you know what I mean? And they took like they took like those walking tours that were like free for the hostel. They took they did a whole bunch of like free stuff that would yield a a, a moderate experience or immediate like a yeah you know, like a moderate experience versus let's go do the coolest thing 
and spend 40 euros on it you know yeah. like they were very they were more humble with it and a lot of people were like that that i ran into they were very like control cost control oriented because like depending on what age like the people that are listening to this are probably roughly our age so if you go solo traveling or traveling with a friend what it's going to end up being i i didn't know this going in but it just kind of um, evolved this way you're going to spend the day walking around trying to spend as little money as little money as possible and stay away from tourists as best as possible mm-hmm. then come nighttime you're going to go to the bar or do a bar crawl and you're going to spend money then so if you can manage to stay f- eat one meal at midday or 11 o'clock mm-hmm. have a suffice you till dinner have a nice dinner and then go out, have a great time you'll you can definitely s- keep your expenses to the 40 or 50 euros a day that's including the hostel you know Um, Mm -hmm. but what I was going to say is talking about living simply when we met in Prague, we were living, it was a nice hostel, but we weren't exactly living like a luxurious life. Then Jones and I went to Budapest and met up with Jarek and that was an insane hostel, man. I didn't want to go out and drink too much. So I tried to stay home and sleep. Couldn't sleep, man. For three days, just couldn't go to bed because there was constant noise. So from there, Jones and I go to Athens. And then we were staying in this hostel that had to be like 45 Celsius every night. There was no AC and the windows wouldn't (laughs) open, dude. And this lady was snoring. The other people were just making weird noises. People coming in late. So long story short, we didn't sleep for pretty much five or six days. And we were just losing our mind. And that was a trend the entire trip. So when we made it over to, from Athens, we took a trip to, a flight to, oh, what was it called? Mykonos. When we flew into Mykonos, which is a party island, again, didn't yeah. really know that, but we we got there. We lived like animals, but fun animals for five more days. And then we splurged a little bit when we went to uh, Santorini. We rented a private villa at the very top of a mountain that no one, no cars were around, no tourists or anything were around. And we were watching, we could see the sunset from our balcony. We rented that for, for five nights, cost us with a rented Jeep Wrangler with a drop top on that each day cost us, including the villa, it had to cost us 80 or 90 euros a day. Was it worth it? 100% because we had our own beds, queen size beds. We had a rest, three restaurants within walking distance around us with no one else there. So that's what I'm talking about. We, we were sleep deprived and borderline miserable at times. But then we said, you know what? Let's enjoy ourselves. You know, we almost picked the less expensive villa, the less expensive Airbnb to save a few euros. I couldn't, again, you have to spend money sometimes and you'll enjoy it in the long term, man. Yeah, just learn where to spend your money. And I mean, that's a really complicated problem to learn where to spend your money in the right way when you're there because it's it's easy just to spend a crazy amount of money, even in the most boring cities in Europe where you're just like, okay, the the amount of awesomeness that I got from that wasn't nearly what I expected it to yield. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. How was was going on? Sorry, how how was um, how was Greece on the wallet, like comparatively speaking? So this is the thing about Greece. It is a bankrupt country after the 2008 housing crisis in America that spread across the world. Um, it was completely destroyed financially. So the the value of the it's not they now use euros, but they were hit tremendously hard. So when you go there and you're looking for hostels on say Mykonos, we paid I think. 12 or 15 euros a night 
for a three-person private hostel. I'm like, that's tremendous. This is dirt cheap. The thing is, when you get there, you either need to rent a car, buy, pay for a taxi, or rent an ATV. Then when, when you get when <laughs> you get that sounds when, like a loaded set of options. <laughs> I know you have three options because walking is not an option, dude. When you when you get ATV, dude. When you get to your hostel or a hotel, typically there are these really nice with like a pool overlooking the ocean. You're like, this is tremendous. What you realize is that because you're on an island that you can't drink the water from the faucet, you have to pay a euro for every bottle of water you buy and you can't refill it. So you end up spending probably 15 euros a day on water. And then for a single meal at the hostel area, it costs a minimum of 13 euros. So between water and food alone, that's easily 60 euros a day. That's not even including the so I've topped that off with the price of the actual hostel. You're paying about 80 euros minimum a day. And that doesn't even include the alcohol you buy. So it's deceiving. So anyone that's considering go, definitely go. But don't think you're going to save money by just based on the prices on the internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of our favorite destinations. In fact, we almost didn't go, dude. But Joan talked us into it. And it was without a doubt. The, the most memories we have pretty much along the entire trip. So again, don't regret anything I spent, but yeah, it was, it's kind of deceiving, man. So is there when you're on that Island, you mentioned the water situation. Is there, uh, when you, when you talk about like say grocery stores or something, was there that, did you guys have that option? No. Or was it very hard to... No, dude, there was no grocery stores. It was basically, they cornered the market, if you, if you will, like the, okay. the hostel complex. It was this big complex with like a whole thousands of people. There's one central kitchen that they cooked for you and there was nowhere else to buy groceries. And if you wanted to go to the town center, you had to pay for, it was like two years, but you had to wait for a bus to bring you in there on these tiny little streets. When you get Jeez. to the center, it's, imagine going to Venice. It felt like Venice, these tiny, it was beautiful, but tiny little um, walkways and everything was overpriced. Like you wanted a martini, it was 14 years. If you wanted a beer, it was nine. If you want a hamburger, it's 17. Holy so shit. just because it's a bankrupted place, they are they make the most of tourists and dummies that want to pay a ton of money for certain things that they shouldn't, you know. That's ludicrous, man. I would have expect I would have expected it was a little more manageable. And I'm surprised like there's it's so inaccessible in terms of groceries. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of hostels I stayed in, uh, like mid range and up usually were built on a building where there was a market downstairs. There was like a like a like a small grocery or convenience store. So, you know, I could go get fresh ingredients if I wanted. I could go get a burger and my next step would only to be fi- finding a stove or something, you know, or a, a grill. But that's that's interesting you say that. I'm surprised they uh, quartered you like that. That's insane. And it's, I've been on, that was my third island I've been on. I went to Hawaii before I graduated university and I went to um, Honolulu. Oahu, the island of Oahu and the big island. And it's island life, you know, so everything is more expensive because it has to be imported. So some of the most beautiful places are on islands, but just be aware. Now, if anyone is listening to this and Dave, if you ever go to Santorini, Greece, I couldn't, first of all, couldn't recommend it enough. It was the best five days I had in that trip, I'd say, besides Prague, of course. Um, (laughs) Whatever you do, whatever Greek island you go to, 
do not get an ATV because if there's a lot of roads, <laughs> dude, but it sounds like an, it's an awesome idea. It sounds yeah. like an awesome idea going in, and then we saw a a four wheel drive Jeep drop top. Okay, and we're like, let's do that. It cost us 140 euros a day to combine, so it was nothing per person. And that thing, when we were driving in those roads, man, we were passing people in these ATVs going like 25 kilometers an hour. I'm like, get the hell out of my way, like. Dude, it's That's... dangerous and slow. So if I'm just gonna talk to you for now, Dave, and anyone else, just get a car. Okay, it's a nice idea, but just get a four by four car, man. Hmm. Cool, interesting. Yeah, I love renting cars while I was there, man. That was probably one of the finer luxuries of my travel is experiencing it... that, getting to just see, getting to see the outside of cities and towns, and and uh, just like the land was amazing. Like Germany, there's there's no better way to see southern Germany than with a car. Southern Germany, yeah. I I wish I had a car in when I was in Slovenia and let me see other parts. Like definitely Switzerland, man. Like I was there for a oh, month. Yeah. Like there's I I've been there a few times. I went on a road trip through Switzerland, and I cannot. You've probably done it. I can't express how beautiful it is. Like you're just looking out on these massive mountains and these chalets and these beautifully architected wooden homes that you've never seen before, man. And everyone's relatively kind and it's expensive, but it's just beautiful, man. You just never know what you're going to find in Switzerland, you know? So a car is, it might seem like a large expense at first, but it buys you so much freedom, man. Like if you are up for it, you can sleep in your car, dude, you know, and I've done it plenty of times. So it can actually be your home for as long as you have it, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, a lot of those, I do recommend that actually to, to contract compact expenses. One thing I will recommend anyone considering sleeping in their car, make sure you get some form of, like like an inflatable mattress or something. A lot of those compacts, like they're doable. The only thing is the trunk folds down and is usually sunken. It's usually a sunken trunk, whereas a lot of, say, American or like like Japanese imported cars that we are used to, you fold down the, the seats or whatever, and it's usually level. Well, not necessarily level, but I mean you the, the seats that go over the that fold over the the back seats, that area and the trunk is usually flush. So that's not the case with um, European cars. They are more about like they're more about like putting more space into the car by like taking more out. So you have a sunken trunk. So when you put the seats down, you actually can't like lay down in it because one one part of it's like six inches lower than the other. Yeah. So I I would recommend anyone thinking of going for a trip like that be prepared to carry around like an inflatable mattress and so some some pe- some type of bedding or something. Sounds like a lot, but I mean. For a good night's sleep in a rental car, you're gonna want it, and I would recommend just buy it there, unless you can, unless you unless you want to bring it over. Depends on much stuff you're bringing over, right? Depends on yeah. much stuff you want that you carry. But if you do expect that you're going to be spending a lot of time in this car by the day, then I would recommend I would recommend getting an inflatable mattress and some some bedding. Without even doubt. Yeah. even just like a even just like even just like cardboard that you can like fold to add height to the back that you can put the mattress <laughs> over anything Dude, like I, I could i could do like a video video vlog or a youtube tutorial on how i would go about it because man it is a pain in the ass but i still did it i still did it <laughs> Dude, i remember With, what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say like 
I, I usually just ended up passing out in the back seat, curled up in the ball. <laughs> but, but yeah, talk about saving money on certain things. When I was in in Oahu, I was there for a week with two other girls that I was working with in uh, on the Big Island. And instead of because uh, it's so expensive on Oahu, that is like the tourist center of Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands. Um, for example, a loaf of the the worst quality white bread is five American dollars, dude. I can't express how thing how expensive things are there. So what we did is instead of constantly buying hostels or hotels, we just bought a car. We bought a big Dodge Avenger that could fit eight people. We only had three to keep our luggage in there, and we slept in there. So me me and one of the girls slept in the front two seats, basically at a what do you call like a seventy five degree angle each night. Somehow got good sleep. And the third person just slept in the middle row. And we did that for a week, man. I mean, to be fair, we couched there for three days. No, two nights. That got us a couch. But uh, it saves you money. And, and because we saved money, we were able to go shark diving in a cage, which was not only some of the best footage I got with my drone, but it was a memorable thing, man. And again... For how'd some... you get how'd you get underwater footage with a drone? Well, to, I had a GoPro. <laughs> dude, I had a GoPro. I'm bugging but, you. No, I know. I had a GoPro under underwater, which was sick. I can't. You can't believe how transparent or translucent the water is. Um, it's you can see 300 meters in any direction, man. So there's sharks a hundred meters below you and a hundred meters in front of you. It's ridiculous. And when I when I change turns to other people got the old drone out, asked the captain beforehand, got the drone out and had it in automatic mode doing like circles around the boat and doing like fadeaways. It was beautiful. It cost us like 90 bucks. And again, for people that are our age, they can appreciate this. But if you're an adult that has a good paying job or savings, it might sound funny what we're doing. But so, you know what I mean? It depends your finances, you know? Totally. I like, I like the idea of sleeping in or around a vehicle because you can – post up essentially wherever you want i mean that is with constraint of law but i mean who's gonna who's gonna really patrol yeah. a parking lot or who's really gonna like who's really gonna speculate that you know who's really gonna come down on you for doing that kind of stuff because man i i slept in a lot of fucked up places in europe let me tell oh, I you bet. i bet I, I know the United States um, is it's actually illegal to sleep in your car unless you're in like a Walmart parking lot and maybe a national park. I'm pretty sure a national park, too. But in Europe, we do not have a single issue with stealth camping or sleeping in our car. Um, I know there it's I don't think it's illegal in most countries, but even if it is illegal, they don't give a shit, man. Like there's so many m- more important things like trying to catch refugees sneaking across the border. Like so if you are in Europe or even in America, just just do it. You can talk your way out of the police. And let's be honest, if they give you a ticket, it's a story. So don't worry. Don't worry too much, you know. Tickets I've heard, I mean don't don't anybody quote me on this, but I mean tickets are pretty cheap. Like I mean, this is not a related, relatable ticket, but for instance, these are actually aren't even tickets. These are just tolls. So when I rented a car, I didn't realize that you're subject to uh, automated tolls. So, I mean, there's, there's tolls that you drive through and you pay, whether it's automated, like an automated teller or whether it's a person. But there's these camera tolls, these huge camera arrays on these highways, and especially in Norway and Sweden, you see them everywhere. And I'm driving through them, and I'm like, man, are these speeding cameras? Like, what the hell are these? This is not good, because I've sped through a couple of them and only realized that there's cameras on it now. Like, two months ago, three months ago, no, maybe like four or five months ago, 
I received a letter in the mail from uh, I forget what the company was called. I think it's like Swedish. I don't know. It's like a Swedish Highway Association or something. <laughs> and it was like it was honestly like forty three different tolls I went through. Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah, exactly. 43 tolls. And it was kind of confusing how it was laid out because it was like, this amount is due now. And it was like 1350 USD. And I'm like, that amount of what? And then I turned the other pages over and then it's all in Norwegian Krona, but I didn't realize that. So I thought I owed like, I thought I owed like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like American dollars for these tolls. But then it turns out it was in Krona. So I just divided by five or whatever it was. <laughs> and, uh, I remember that, dude. Trying to yeah, figure out the currency. But I was like, I was like, do I really have to pay this? So I just let it go. I let it go. I let it go. Got another one in the mail, and then it was like two hundred and forty more kronas. I'm like, Fuck. All right, maybe I should pay it. So finally, finally, I just paid it. Um, but I mean, that's not that bad. I mean, it was like, I think in total, I had to pay like thirty-five, forty dollars or something. I can't remember. Yeah, thirty-five or forty, forty Canadian or American. I'm not sure. But that was going through several, several tolls. So a lot of things are cheaper there. I've heard like speeding tickets aren't that expensive either. Like one thing that you should be people should be aware of is going through France and parts of Italy, but specifically France. I went through Chambéry, France, and other smaller areas down there. I'm not exaggerating when I say certain tolls cost upwards of fifty euros to go through. So that's another yeah, it depends thing to where you're going. Consideration. Yeah. Yeah, it's been R- really, de- really depends what like border they're dealing with. So, like a uh, an example was um, going from Denmark to Sweden through the Orsund Bridge, and people might recognize it by the fact that it's a half tunnel, half bridge. The toll to go over that bridge was like, man, I think it was like twenty twenty Canadian. Jeez. So I mean, like it doesn't seem like that much, but you're paying twenty dollars to get across a bridge when That's you're a already meal. yeah yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of tolls I ran into were generally like only two or three euros at times. Some of them were, some of them were a little more expensive. But it depends on what. Usually, the ones closer to borders are more expensive. But the ones that are like inter, like inner country or within the country, they're they're negligible. So I wouldn't let tolls discourage anyone from driving. Like I'd say, gas is more of a deterrent than anything. But tolls weren't that bad. Yeah. God you're gonna damn. you're gonna you're gonna get a lot out of your trip when you pass one of those expensive tolls too. Like passing the Orison Bridge, that that was like a the hallmark the moment of like having so many memories just before that because we hit up Norway and Sweden, and there's a lot of awesome stuff we did and saw in Norway. So I mean, paying twenty dollars to get back on land, or back in land, I guess back on the main continent wasn't that big of a deal. God damn, man. Yeah, you gotta, again, cars seem expensive, gas is expensive, but it gives you the ultimate freedom. It gives you the freedom of not being clustered in a bus with a bunch of other tourists or whoever else. You know, it gives you the freedom just to drive down an unknown road, an unpaved road. It's just, again, it's just freedom. Totally. Yeah, man. So let's wrap this sucker up, but I'm I'm happy. I didn't. I don't even know what we were talking about at the beginning, but hey, it turned out to be a pretty, <laughs> a pretty informative uh, episode, man. So, so I hope. Yeah. Listen, man. I hope this week. It's it's halfway over. I hope this week gets a little bit more creative for you. I hope you get you keep your sanity. I hope you don't spend all your money at the liquor store. But uh... <laughs> don't go three percent. It's a three percent rule. <laughs> <laughs>
Actually, it's over three percent now. It's probably like thirty percent. But don't worry about it, people. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen. Keep in touch, and I'll talk to you soon, huh? Sounds good, Lewis. Thanks for chatting. And there you have it, people. That is Dave Newsom. We just gave you a little recap about the finances, the expenses of traveling. And um, it's true, though. Renting a car gives you the ultimate freedom. It keeps you off those buses with all these dirty people that keep their feet near your head. They smell. They take phone calls in buses. Again, in the long term, all your expenses are going to flatten out one way or the other. If you rent an, an, ex, uh, an expensive car or it's a moderately normal price car, you're going to save money in hostels and coffee and other different things. So don't be too scr- stringy, stringent. So without further ado, that's all for today. Stay sane. Don't, don't punch anyone. Don't kill anyone. Cough into your shoulder or your elbow. I'll talk to you later. Bye.